Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where we help people combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Scott White. Scott is the life is too short guy, and he's the happiest guy you'll ever meet. After spending over a decade in investment banking on Wall Street, and he survived, so that's pretty something to be happy about, he took a chance and became an entrepreneur and business builder. Today, he's the chairman and CEO of Public Real Estate Company. Um, Now, Scott is on a mission to make the world happier one smile at a time. With this endless energy, he motivates and inspires everyone he meets to focus on happiness, gratefulness, and positivity. He takes you on an inspirational and emotional journey as he weaves together thought-provoking personal stories and stories of others who have had a major aha moment in life. To share the key principles of the life is too short, this life is too short guy philosophy. So please welcome to the show, Scott White. Scott, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for the invite. Very nice to meet you, Bob. You too. You too. Well, let's tell people how you became so happy, if you will. Tell us about you and how you got to where you are. So I think it was an evolution. There wasn't a specific moment in my life where all of a sudden I, I woke up extra happy. I think over the course of my life, I've I've started to focus more on gratefulness, happiness, positivity, and you know, a few years ago, I more and more of my friends and family were saying, boy, I wish I could bottle up some of your energy and positivity and share it with the world. And that's where I came up with the concept of the book. This is my bottle. This is my vehicle for sharing my energy, my positivity and and my philosophy. And, and thus I created the life is too short guy. And that's an interesting concept, because if you think about it and, you know, maybe through COVID and everything else, people have realized the value of life. Um we don't have a long time in this journey and you know it's it's fun to enjoy the moments enjoy what we have and uh, you know i like the fact that you help people to realize that because our society needs that so much today yeah you know so when i wrote the book very deliberately by design it's a it's a simple book it is mm-hmm. not a academic book it is not a <laughs> theoretical book it's not a book packed with all sorts of stats it's meant to be very approachable and and very welcoming in a storytelling format. And the goal is that everyone could pick this book up and live a better life. And it doesn't take that much. You know, like you said, we all know sort of minutes are, are finite and, and make the most of every minute. But how often do we think about it? Have you thought about it today? As your listeners listen to this, is that a topic they thought about today? And one of the, so Litzig, the philosophy I laid out has 10 principles. And one of the principles is minutes matter. And I go through this exercise to make you think about it. And here's what I do. I I do a little bit of very simple math. I say, when you're born, you're going to live plus or minus 80 years, approximately. We're just estimating 80 years gets you 42 million minutes in your life. My guess is most of your listeners are about halfway through life, plus or minus. We're just going to make the math easy for me and say you're 40 years old. So you take the 42, you divide in half, you're down to 21 million minutes. You're going to sleep about a third of those minutes, plus or minus. Now you're down to 14 million minutes. The last couple of years of life, usually, not always, but usually 
you're a little bit slower, some physical yeah. or mental impairments. So I'm just going to round off a couple million minutes. Your 40-year-old listening to this has 12 million minutes left. And I challenge that person to say, what are you doing with those minutes? And by the way, that's on average. You may have more, but you also may have less. And one right. of the images that I give people to work with and think about is a barrel. I say to people, think about a barrel. For me, it's a wine barrel. It's a big wine barrel. And in it are, are gold coins. Mm -hmm. And each time I do something, including talking to you right now, I reach into that barrel and I pull out a couple of gold coins and I use those minutes. Right. I don't know how many gold coins are in there and I don't know when they're going to run out, but I'm thoughtful and proactive and deliberate in saying, am I making the most of those gold coins or those minutes? Am I enjoying what I'm doing? Too many people I meet will, will get to the end of a day, a week, a month, a year, be like, I, I'm running around. I'm, I got this. I got that. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know what I got done. I don't know what. Stop. Think about it. Don't let those minutes just bleed out. Don't let them drip out the bottom. Know where your minutes are going. No judgment, by the way, on where your minutes are going. That's up to you. But be thoughtful in how you're using your minutes. And that's a great point because, yeah, I mean, we can let society run our life. And like you said, be running around with a barrel, you know, chicken head cut off, you know, yep. running around and not realize where anything goes. And then you get to the point where it's like, what did I do with my life? What did I right. do with today? What did I do with my kids? Um, you know, that's a big one because, you know, when you're raising kids, you're trying to build a career and everything like that. But you got to take that time. I, when I raised my boys, I got three boys and I made sure I was at every ball game I could possibly be at. I was coaching them. Um, I tried to make sure I was, you know, spending as much time as I could with them. Um, so definitely a good positive message there that, you know, it's not just a scare. It's not a, a scare tactic. It's a reality tactic, I guess, if you could say that. It's a call to action. When I think about it as a call to action, you know, people have asked me, the life is too short guy. And then you talk about all these, there are a lot of stories woven through where people mm -hmm. have had major aha moments, people that have overcome uh, near death experiences, people that have overcome catastrophic injuries, people that have overcome death of a spouse or death of a, a right. child or addiction. And, and what I tell everyone is this is a call to action. When you hear me say this and you read the book, I want you to have that proverbial aha moment. I talk a lot in the book about aha moments and I challenge readers and your listeners, why wait for that kick in the teeth? Why are you waiting for that major setback to be like, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to live my best life because before this, I wasn't living my best. Well, hello, today's yeah. the day. You don't need that, that, that diagnosis. You don't need that accident. You don't need right. that. Aha. Uh -huh. This is the aha. Uh -huh. Listening to this, reading the book, taking a step away and be like, you know what? He's right. I'm not living my, my best life. I'm not making the most of my minutes. Today's the day I'm going to change that. Yeah. And, and that's a great reminder for people is we all have the capability to change whatever direction we're going in. You know, if you want to be, you know, more positive in the positive direction, here's a chance. You know, if you want to change from a negative direction to a positive direction, we have that capability. We have that power within us. So why not do that? Um, great reminder for people. Um, it's interesting because looking through, you know, some of the things I was reading about it, um, power of positivity, if you will. Uh, because people always say, well, that positivity is Pollyanna. If we can, let's get into that a little bit, because I always like to get the different viewpoints on that. What do you think about that type of statement? So the one of the most underlying principles of Litzig and a theme, <clears throat> excuse me, that flows through the book is attitude is everything, the power of positivity. And I tell people, and this is one of the few places I do incorporate research, and I think I surprise people. I tell people, imagine a pie, right? So we have a pie. And we're going to whack it up in terms of percentages. If I were to ask you, Bob, how much of your happiness 
is tied to or predicted by your circumstances, your house, your car, your job, your money, your your relationship, your friends, your family. Maybe you're dealing with something negative, a divorce or sickness. How much of that of that pie do you think is is predicted by your circumstances? That pie of my stuff predicted yes. by my circumstances? Maybe 10%. You're brilliant. You are the first person <laughs> ever to answer that correctly. Literally. I'm telling you, no one has ever answered that correctly. Most people think it's about 50%. Wow. So the pie, uh, and, and that's wonderful. I'm glad you realize it. Because most people think, oh, you know, my new car is going to make me, me happy. My new relationship is going to make me happy. My new job, the money. Yeah. That the, Again, people deal with negatives, dealing with a death or dealing with whatever. That's going to make me long-term unhappy. The reality is 10% of our happiness is tied to or predicted by our circumstances. Okay, so now you got 90%. Well, 50% is genetic, like your eye color, your hair color, your whatever. Mm -hmm. 50% is, is sort of coded, but wow, you know what that means? That means 40%, that's a it's big a chunk. 40% yeah. is based on your perspective, the way you view the world. And everyone has the ability to control that. I realize there are certain days and certain circumstances that it's just hard to... to have that positive attitude. However, what I would say to you is even at the worst of times, it could be worse. And having the ability to look at it and say, this is bad, but now let me give you a great example. So one of the people I interview in the book is uh, a, um, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Eric. Eric is a former football player. He was injured at a in a college football game. I actually was at the game he was injured in and he wow. is paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. Um, and, and Eric has gone on to just an amazing attitude, an amazing perspective. And one of the things he said to me is like, Scott, you know what? If the doctor calls you and tells you you have a month to live, my immediate reaction is, wow, that's great because you could have told me I have a day to live. That's the perspective that I'm trying to get people yeah. to realize and think about. It changes so much. You have the ability to control so much of your attitude and how you view the world. Embrace it and own it. Yeah. And that's, I, I, Wow, this is good because it's like talking to the mirror. <laughs> That's great. I appreciate this so much. The you know what we go through. You bring up such great points. Um, you know, just that right there. Okay, here you got a guy in a wheelchair, and he's saying, "Okay, you could be told you got a month to live or a day." You know, it's look at the positive side of it. I mean, I, I have a similar friend of mine. He injured himself when he was nineteen, and he's paralyzed in a wheelchair. The best attitude you can imagine. I love being hearing him talk. I love being around him. He just the great that great inspiration is there. And it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I've got my two feet to work. He's got to have help with that. And just, you know, a strong faith um, just all around. It really gives you a better perspective. And that that positive perspective is, is key. I mean, there's a science to it. What you think guides you to what you do. And oh, yeah. if you're always in the negative, you're going to be, you know, getting dirty. You're going to be down in the dumps. You're going to be focused on that stuff. When you turn it to being positive, it does affect what you do, what you look at, what you see. And people, they need to realize how important that is. No doubt. Look, one of the tools I talk about in the book is your first thought. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I asked, I'd ask you and I'd ask your, your listeners, what was your first thought this morning when you opened your eyes? And amazingly, I don't know, do you remember about yeah, I was thankful that I woke up. <laughs> well, that's great. Again, you you are among the, the few because most people I ask either don't remember at all 
uh-huh. which is the vast majority. Or, you know, it's I'm tired. It's dark. It's cold. I want to go back to bed. <laughs> I, I got a tough day. And, right. and I tell people why start with, you know, I use the, the symbolism of of a blurry lens. Why have a blurry lens when you can start the day as you did with beautiful, clear lenses? I'm grateful to be awake. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm happy to I, I am so grateful for the opportunity to talk to Bob today. I'm grateful to spread my message to the people that are listening to this. I'm grateful to wake up next to somebody I love. I can't wait to go down and have some breakfast. I can't wait to get my day started. But I'm now 10 seconds in and I'm grateful for 16 different things. Right. This sets you on a tone for a positive day. Again, let's be realistic. There are going to be setbacks. Things are going to happen over the course of the day. Everything isn't perfect. Like you said, Pollyannish. To, for me to say everything is always amazing and perfect, that's not true. Right. Why start off either neutral or negative when you could set your day and your tone right, be proactive, open your eyes and wow, best day ever. And and that sets such a control. I mean, you, you give yourself power for that day because you're starting it out the way you want it to be, not the way, you know, people say, oh, I wake up and I look at my email. That puts you in the, you know, the dump on category, if you will. People are dumping stuff on you for emails of stuff you may have to do. No, don't look at that for right. 15 to 30 minutes or an hour after you wake up because it doesn't do you any good right now. Focus on what makes you better. Focus on what gives you that gratitude and happiness to start your day because then you're in control of that day. Amen. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Yeah, right. Well, let's, um, I guess, I mean, we, we see how the, you know, last, you know, this could be the last day. This is, this day is great. It's this philosophy who is it for everybody? I mean, fill us in on that a little bit. Is it, you know, for the negative naysayer? Who need who help, who needs this? Absolutely you? everybody. So I would ask you is who doesn't want to live a happier life? Who right. doesn't and, and it could be incremental, right? So mm-hmm. so some people will will sort of shoot back in in a critical way. Well, Scott, look at your life, right? It's very hard for you to relate to fill in the blank, whatever you want to relate oh, to. Yeah, yeah. And my answer is. It's incremental. It's relative to where you are, not relative to where others are or where society is. Here's where I am right now. How could I be a little happier? How could I smile a little bit more? How can I contribute more to the world? And if we all were just a little bit happier, just imagine 300 plus million people in America all a little bit happier. Wow. What a great world that would be. When I wrote the book very deliberately, I designed it so anyone could read it. It's a fast read. Most people can get through it in a couple of sittings. It's a lot of stories in a storytelling format. You're not going to get lost in it. You're not going to, I don't think you're going to doze off. It's a fast paced sort of rapid fire. Here's the tool. Here's the answer. Here's the example. Here's the story. Boom, boom, boom. I want to make the world happier one smile at a time. And this book and speaking with people like you is part of this mission. And that's awesome because, you know, I, I do that with my books too. It's, I don't put a lot of fluff into them. They're not, you know, they may not be grammatically correct to the T, but they, they're there for a point. They're there to inspire, they're to give you the perspective that you, I think is what I try to convey and what people can help people with. So yeah, definitely understand that. I mean, even in your line of work in, in real estate, you've got to have a positive attitude, especially the market maybe now. I mean, I don't know where you are, if it's, if it's dipped, I mean, with the interest rates going up, that doesn't help. But you got a lot of objections, if you will, in that industry. So, I mean, this fits in well with what you do. Look, I've worked in a lot of fast-paced, intense, challenging environments. I spent uh, about 13 years on Wall Street. I was an investment banker. You want to talk about a, yeah. a, a tough place <laughs> to And you're survive. not that gray. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and it's all about perspective. It's yeah. all about attitude. You know, I talk in the book. 
one of the one of the stories and one of the things I talk about in the gratefulness chapter is I started in investment banking in 2000, 2001, and very, very difficult job to get. I was very fortunate. My timing worked out. I, I sort of say this half tongue in cheek, but it's somewhat true in that I got that job in almost the only market I could have gotten that job because I was offered the position in 1999 when everyone wanted to go to dot coms. So I was the only one left that said, hey, I'll go to Wall Street. Very difficult to get a Wall Street job. And one of the things that I really think distinguished me, and you know, I started with a class of, I can't remember exactly, but call it 70 or 80 investment bankers. And within four or five years, there were like three or four of us left. Wow. And part of, of my survival, if you were to cast that way, was I was so grateful for the opportunity. I, I would walk in the door no matter how hard it got. I was like, I, I can't believe I'm here. I, I can't believe they've given me this opportunity to work in financial services, to work a Wall Street job, to be part of a, a, a bulge bracket investment bank, to, to learn, to work with amazingly brilliant people. Like this was my perspective all the time. And I didn't care what they asked me to do. If they said, go clean bathrooms, like clean bathrooms. If they said, wash windows, it didn't matter to me. Whereas I think a lot of other people go into professions, banking and otherwise, where you know they 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 have a, a certain academic pedigree and they have certain yeah. expectations and there's certain things that are below them. There was nothing below me, and to this day there really isn't. There's very little that that I'd consider below me. So much of it is is right here about your perspective, yeah. how you approach it, and walking it every day. I'm like, I can't believe I have a chance to be an investment banker in New York in a bulge bracket investment bank. I think it was part of why I lasted as long as I did. And that's you know again it gets back to the mindset, the grateful attitude. We can we all have that power to do that. Humbleness. I see humbleness in that too. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing's below you. And really nothing is. I mean, if we were held to a survival standard, we would do anything we needed to do to survive. That's right. Um, you know, and that's something we need to keep in the back of our mind. Granted, a tiger isn't chasing us down, I hope. Um, but, you know, <laughs> let's face it, it's, um, you know, that humbleness really carries a lot of weight, too, because it, it gives you that idea to be grateful in whatever your situation is. So, that's right. again, thank you for that reminder. It's it's a great one with that. Um, now, what makes your idea more unique than others? Because you hear about other, you know, positive books. I've got some uh, Tony Robbins, who knows what makes yours more unique? So I think there's a few things. One, it's very practical and approachable. It's not academic. It's yeah. very storytelling format. Two, I use the stories of people that are just interesting, fascinating stories. I told you about the football player who's injured. I, I talk about a story of someone I, I actually went to high school with and, and just a, a wonderful individual who at the age of three, his daughter was diagnosed with cancer and, and talks about the story of she was, and I, I just, I, I almost cry as I say this, she was a survivor. Mm -hmm. She lived five years in one day, which termed her having lived five years as a survivor. She died one day after the fifth anniversary of the diagnosis. And I learned from him about the power mm -hmm. of humor. And I explained that um, there, there's stories of, of people that tried to commit suicide. And then right. today, this was, I don't know, when they were in college. Now today, they have a thriving practice in psychology and social work and helping youth. And those sorts of stories illustrate the key principles in a very simple way. This is not the kind of book where you're going to read it and you're going to be like, wow, I've never thought of any of this. Right. I, I can't believe somebody came up with these ideas. You're going to read it. And you're going to be like, this makes sense. It's not that hard to implement. I need to be very thoughtful and proactive and do some simple things to live a happier life. 
I appreciate that. Simplicity is always good in our complex world. I mean, oh, we yeah. really, you know, we complicate our own life. Let's keep it simple. It's not that difficult to do. So thank you for that reminder. Now, um, it's always interesting, too, because, um, you know, with these principles, it, people always, I'm sure they're thinking, well, how do I apply it? If you can give us some tips or some ideas of how do you apply these principles so that people can, you know, kick off right away with with some ideas on how they can apply the principles to their life. Sure. Uh, so the first one is the easiest one. First thought of the day, make that first thought a positive one, be thoughtful and proactive. When you wake up tomorrow, literally tomorrow, this isn't a, a theoretical concept for three months from now, tomorrow morning, as you open your eyes, you're like, oh, what was that crazy guy saying? Oh yeah. Positive <laughs> happiness. Great. Already you started better. As you walk out the door tomorrow, smile. As you get in your car, smile. As you get to the office, smile. As you're making dinner, smile. You can do this right now, by the way. You don't have to wait for tomorrow. This is a today tool, right? <laughs> smile. It makes you feel better. It makes the world around you feel better. Look for ways to celebrate small wins. We don't celebrate enough in life. You know, there, there's criticism that I've heard over the years. Well, oh, we give every kid a trophy, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Celebrate life. Celebrate being alive. Celebrate uh, being home with a loved one, celebrate a win at work. So whatever it is, make a big deal about things. Go out and celebrate more. Random acts of kindness. When was yeah. the last time you did something for someone without any expectation in return? You don't even know the person. I tell stories about that in the book about random acts of kindness and, and going out of your way. When was the last time you engaged a stranger by just saying hello? Right. I, I sent out a newsletter today. I have a, a newsletter distribution. And I talked about how literally this morning, I'm a runner. I run early in the morning. And I was out at about, I'd say 6.15 and it was cold and it was dark. And I was a couple miles from my house and I'm listening to a book and I hear somebody yell something at me. And I look up and it's the garbage truck driver. He's waving to me. He's waving to me and smiling. I don't know what he said. 15, 20 minutes later, I'm on my way back and I run by the uh, the crossing guard, the crossing guard in front of the school and I'm running. So this is all sort of, yeah. like, hey, I haven't seen you. Where were you last week? I'm like, oh, I was traveling last week. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Have a great day. Okay. So now it's 630 and I've already had an interaction with the garbage truck driver. Why? Because as I'm out running all the time, I'm waving and yelling, hey, have a good day. When I run by the, the crossing guard every day and I run probably four or five days a week, hey, how are you? Have a good day. Happy Thursday. Go out and engage with people. Just smile. Just say hello. Ask them a question. Now, my examples are a little bit different because I'm running. So I'm not yeah, starting yeah. <laughs> to engage in conversation. But when was the last time you sat next to someone on a plane or you, you yeah. talked to the barista who's making your coffee? Hey, how are you? How is your day today? What's going on? Getting to know people. Engage. These are all small. Like right now, your listeners listen. It's like, it's a smile, random acts of kindness, celebrate, wake up happy, talk to strangers. Like I could do that exactly. exactly right. But here's the right. question. Have you done it today? Right. I bet you haven't. These are small tweaks to your life that can make you so much happier and make those around you happier. How great do you think that garbage truck driver feels that he's got some guy running around the neighborhood in the morning, waving to him and yelling hello, right? It makes him like yeah. a human. Yeah, he, definitely. He's got a story. He wants to engage. He was excited to see me this morning. I didn't even see him. I got my head down. I'm running. It's cold. I got a, a hat yeah. on. I got a headlamp on. I got my headphones on. And I'm like, who's calling me? What's up? How are you? <laughs> engage the world around you. So there's there's probably five or six very yeah. quick tools for you. 
And those are all great because it does. It helps us engage with people. It helps other people enjoy themselves, enjoy their day. Just those two interactions, you're making people look for you. People want to see you. They they enjoy seeing you. Um, I know what you mean with the garbage person. We have a garbage truck driver. And when I watch my niece's son, uh, he's two. And he, you know, the garbage truck, he loves the truck. So we go out there to watch. And they got the dumpster. She comes out and she waves at him and smiles. You can see it just makes her day because a little kid is so excited, you know. Yeah, somebody cares. And that's all it is, is we all want to be cared. You know, that feeling of care is is such a great thing. And and so, you know, great that you're spreading that in our world. So great. Well, Scott, where can people find out more about you and how they can get a hold of you and get your book? So the book is available on Amazon. It's available on barnesandnoble.com and available in local bookstores. To the extent your local bookstore doesn't have it, you can ask them to order it. It's it's being distributed now throughout the country. We just released it earlier this year, a few months ago. So it's still being distributed. You can always order it on my website or find out more about me on my website, lifeistoshortguy.com. I'm also doing uh, a fair number of speaking engagements in, in the year ahead. So to the extent you or your company or organization might be interested in, in bringing me on as a speaker to talk about the Life is Too Short guy, you can definitely reach out that way. You can find my email on the website. And um, you know, even if you wanted a signed copy, I'd be happy if you email me to, to send you a signed copy as well. So lifeistoshortguy.com is the best way to find me. Great. We will make sure we have that all in the show notes. And Scott, I appreciate the energy, the enthusiasm, the encouragement you offer, the positivity you offer our our world and for our guests on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time today to be a guest on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bob. And I still tell you, I'm so impressed. You're the first guy to answer that question. 10% of your happiness is predicted by your circumstances. I'm so impressed. Well, thank you. But you know, you got to put it in reality. We can't take it with us. You know, (laughs) thanks, Scott. You have a great day. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur or corporate contributor or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.